This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Day it has been in Delaware. The Hunter Biden deal that everyone, well, not everyone, but that was largely assumed by the mainstream press to be a done deal, was undone in a federal district court today. As you know, if you've been following the news as I do, you began to see problems emerge last night about somewhere close to nine o'clock. The Daily Mail had an exclusive story at that point regarding the incident concerning a misrepresented identity in one of the court filings. That led to stories today. Here's one from The Hill. The judge overseeing Hunter Biden's criminal case accused a member of his legal team of misrepresenting themselves to the clerk's office, an unusual development that has also raised the, uh, at the time had raised the possibility of sanctions last night when the report came out. Maybe it was earlier than nine, as I'm thinking about it, because the judge had given the Hunter Biden defense team until 9 p.m. Eastern time to respond to the allegations that were being levied. Now, I, as much as I think that the Hunter Biden legal team is, are bullies, I'm also going to, in all fairness, leave a possibility for the I, for the fact that this could have, and I say that in quotes, could have been, as the defense team claims, sort of a snafu, uh, an, an, an incident that happened. Here is what took place there. An issue, uh, the issue was an attempt by the House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Jason Smith from Montana, or Missouri, I'm sorry, to block the plea agreement. Jason Smith had filed documents with the court urging the judge to consider the testimony that Congress had heard from the two IRS whistleblowers. The court filings indicated that a woman named Jessica Bangles, an administrative staff member 
at the firm Latham and Watkins that represent Hunter Biden had called a member of the court clerk's office just before noon on Tuesday. She wanted the documents that were filed by House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Jason Smith to be removed from the public docket. She said that that information had secret details, including Social Security, taxpayer, and grand jury information. But U.S. District Court Judge Mary Ellen Narika, who presided over the plea deal today, later suggested that Ms. Bengals had pretended to call from the committee chairman's law firm. In other words, that it was the committee chairman that had called, had pretended to be the committee chairman saying, oops, we made a mistake. We shouldn't have put that doc, that, that information in there. Now, one of Biden's attorneys said that this all happened because of an unfortunate and unintentional miscommunication between one of their staff members and an employee of the clerk, uh, of the court, the clerk. And it's sort of a confusing thing to follow all the way through, but makes no difference now. It was caught. And for a while, it looked like the Biden lawyers had been caught red-handed trying to pull off a dirty trick. There are no sanctions, at least at this point, so perhaps the judge has accepted the explanation given to the court by Hunter Biden's attorneys. So, then comes court case this morning. Bright and early this morning, the first newspaper reports began to run. The first television, cable television shows began to run. Hunter Biden in the Delaware court. He's going to plead guilty. And it looks like, from the early reports, everything... I mean, some of the reports were funny. I mean, I have one of the early reports right here from the Daily Mail. Hunter Biden tells judge he will plead guilty to tax charges in sweetheart deal after arriving in court with attorney who smoked bong on balcony. One of his attorneys, there was a picture snapped out in California of him out on his balcony lighting it up in a bong. So the early report said when facing the judge asked if he wanted to plead guilty in a deal that would likely avoid jail, he said, yes, Your Honor, he could have faced up to 12 months in prison for not paying $100,000 in taxes on $1.5 million in income. And it went on and on. It took a while, hour, two, three later. All of a sudden, we got a report that, wait a minute, this deal isn't not moving as expected. The judges began to ask questions about the deal. And at one point, the judge asked if, and I'm using layman's terms here, if this deal would ex- were accepted, would it grant immunity from future charges to Hunter? 
And Hunter's people, yeah, he would. And the prosecution, ah, not so fast. And that appears to be one of the moments when everything fell apart. As of this afternoon, there is no deal, as you most likely know. His plea deal on two tax charges fell apart, at least, at least for the time being. The judge expressed concern over a related agreement on the gun possession charge, not the tax charge. Now, the outcome, according to the Associated Press, leaves in jeopardy the resolution of a years-long investigation into Hunter Biden's business dealings. He had been charged with two misdemeanor tax crimes on failure to pay more than $100,000 in taxes on $1.5 million in income in both 2017 and 2018. Last month, he was also charged with possession of a firearm by a person who was a known drug user of felony. He had a Colt Cobra 38 special for 11 days in October of 2018. He agreed to enter a diversion agreement, which means he would have technically pled, not technically pled guilty to the crime. And that's where the judge found the problem. She said she was concerned about the language in the diversion agreement. No details about not prosecuting Joe, uh, Hunter Biden for tax crimes in the future. She suggested that the lawyers get together and talk. The lawyers were unable to come up with an agreement, so we got a not guilty plea from him today in lieu of that. But we don't. What we don't know is whether there will be a plea agreement that is able to be worked out. In the future. So I'm not going to go all, you know, cheerleader, ecstatic. Ooh, the right thing was done here. Ooh, this horrible sweetheart deal has been tossed out. Yes, it was a sweetheart deal from the very beginning. It was a cover-up deal to me. My opinion. The DOJ wanted and tried their best to give Hunter Biden a total pass for some very serious crimes. They tried to give him a total pass for crimes that they have no problems throwing other people in jail for. Ask Wesley Snipes. Ask the rapper Kodak. Ask Martha Stewart. Ask, if you could, Leona Helmsley. Go back further. Ask people like Erwin Schiff if you were around today. The government has no problem tossing your behind into jail if you fail or if they think you are willfully trying to avoid paying taxes. Now, Judge Mary Ellen Narika also raised another question. I'll have to dig through the stories to find out which one I have that has this little detail in it, but I did read it earlier. Aside from saying that she had reservations about the constitutionality of the deferment program, she said that 
because that issue is unresolved, that means the criminal charges are still active against Hunter Biden. But she also questioned very briefly whether he had registered as a foreign agent. At least I read that in one of the stories today. And therein lies something else that even on you can see on social media, people that have no legal training whatsoever, your average Joe and Jane America, the ones that used to sit out and drink Bud Light in the summer, that are now drinking Modelo or whatever it is they drink, regular people are asking these questions. Hey, why if, yes, ask Sophia Loren. She'd spend a little time behind bars. But normal people, average Americans are asking, hey, how is it okay that this guy gets money, and now we're talking some $17 million from companies like Burisma from the Ukraine. He clocks in money from Romania. He clocks in money from China. And why hasn't he registered as a foreign agent? Average Joe and Jane, Americans, are asking that question. And as yet, we don't have any real answer. We're certainly not going to get one from the Biden legal team. I don't know whether anyone has raised the issue at the White House briefings, which are all but useless, with Karine Jean-Pierre. Karine Jean-Pierre says, look, you people ask me these questions a million times. I'm sick of answering. Yesterday, or, or today was it? She just walked off. She didn't even take questions. Just ask for you people. I'm not taking any questions. So the Hunter Biden deal for now is toast. I would urge caution if those of you that are feeling a little bit celebratory, I would urge caution in how much you celebrate this because the final shoe has not dropped on this yet. There could be a deal that is raised from the ashes of this failed attempt at a deal. And there could be a deal put in place that many of us would be very unhappy with. Just as we were unhappy with the terms of this little sweetheart arrangement that the Department of Justice did their best to organize on behalf of Hunter Biden and the Biden family. Ninety minutes into the hearing is when it all fell apart. Right after U.S. District Judge Mary Ellen Narika indicated that President Biden's 53-year-old son, Hunter, still could be charged with other offenses, including, here it is, including failure to register as a foreign agent for these lucrative dealings in countries such as China, Ukraine, that allegedly involved his father. This is from a New York Post story this afternoon. As far as I'm concerned, after she raised those issues, 
The plea agreement is null and void, said defense attorney Chris Clark. They still tried to find some common ground after that with a revised plea deal that said Hunter would face no additional charges linked to his tax crimes from 2014 to 2019. They are trying to give him a pass and throw. They want to close the door on the money that came in. On these 20, they don't want questions. They want the ability to say, oh, come on, that's old business. Hunter pled guilty, didn't pay some taxes. That was it. Stop asking questions. There are too many questions that remain about the money, the flow of the money, the shell companies that the Biden family constructed to hide the flow of the money. And no sweetheart tax deal should stop the questions from flowing. For now, we can keep hope alive. Little Jesse Jackson lingo there. Keep hope alive. And hope that by the court nullifying or asking questions about this sweetheart deal that should have never been put in place, We can keep hope alive that America will get the answers that it deserves on these millions of dollars that came from foreign sources, foreign nations, that ended up in the pockets of the Biden family. So we shall keep hope alive. If it were not for the congressional hearings, my friends, and for the publicity, I doubt whether what took place today would have happened. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, Boston News Rush Hour here on WABC. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Sinead O'Connor passed away. She's still young. And the coverage of her highly acclaimed this, that, and the other. I remember the, the first thing I always think about when I think about Sinead O'Connor, watching Saturday Night Live, and I was watching when she appeared and ripped up the picture of the Pope. Fight the real enemy. But there is no doubt about it. 
that she was a woman of impeccable talent. James Golden Snurley with you here. Boston Show, 800 848 WABC, 800 848 Looking forward to speaking with you a bit later. We've got more news also to get to, so don't go away. Twenty twenty, Peter Green, English blues, rock singer, songwriter, guitarist, founder of Fleetwood Mac, died in his sleep. He got the gold star. Age seventy three. One of the phenomenal groups. Seventies, eighties. James Golden, aka Snurdly. I want to uh, talk for a minute, and yes, we're going to take your calls on Hunter Biden, 800-848-WABC. We'll take your calls on Hunter Biden, so if you're on hold, stay on hold. And this whole Biden nonsense. But there are so many other things in the news, and I want to touch on some of them. I am, as many of you know, a, I don't know whether the term rocked ribbed, because I never knew what that term meant. But I am a conservative conservative. And the idea of government regulation is something that is appalling for the most part. Ronald Reagan, during his term, instituted deregulating the airlines. And it created a boom in the airline business, part of the boom of the Reagan economy. The Reagan economy was something to behold, much like the Trump economy. When Trump deregulated and cut regulations by the score in many industries. All that said, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is working on something, and I don't know about this. I wonder if many of you, like me, even though you're conservative, some of you would say, you know, I'm conservative, but I actually support this. Here's what Pete Buttigieg says he wants to do. He has introduced a new rule that would increase the size of airplane bathrooms. The rule will require all airlines to make lavatories on new single-aisle aircraft large enough to permit a passenger with a disability and an attendant equivalent in size to the 95th percentile male to approach, enter, and maneuver within that bathroom. The rule follows the January decision by the FAA to temporarily ground all flights in the U.S. for the first time since the September 11th attacks during that brief FAA outage. I don't know what that has to do with the story, but it's in there anyway. 
Traveling can be stressful enough without worrying about being able to access a restroom. Yet today, millions of wheelchair users are forced to choose between dehydrating themselves before boarding a plane or avoiding air traffic altogether. Now, Miss Word Salad, I just got a text that tells me I think I'm on the right track. And I'm not being blasphemous. I'm going to quote the text. The text sent, sent by Miss Churchill, one of America's premier songwriters. Miss Churchill in the United States said, Thank you, Jesus. I think many people, many average consumers that go on planes will tell you, I don't understand why these lavatories are so small and so unworkable. We had another pop-up here. I will not give the name. Somebody just said, oh, my, the Mile High Club will get better. I have never, I am not a member of the Mile High Club, but I know what you people are referring to when you talk about it. Those of you that are. The human word salad generator, Kamala Harris, had called the lack of enlarged airplace bathrooms unacceptable. And she said the Biden administration would soon announce a solution to help in this inequity. That was on July 11th. Again, I don't know where many of you quote-unquote rocked, ribbed conservatives come down on this thing, but I think there are going to be plenty of Americans that are going to say, Pete Buttigieg, on this one, we're with you. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, WABC Talk Radio 77, 800-848-WABC. You know whose birthday it is today. The Mixter, Mick Jagger. There are some so many pictures of Mick Jagger today on social media. Some of them amazing. Born in 1943. The amazing singer-songwriter with the Rolling Stones. Happy birthday to Mick Jagger on WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back. Your call is going to be part of the program. If you're on hold, stay on hold. into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On this day, 1968, 
The Jackson 5 signed a one-year contract with Town Records. In 1970, two years later, they had their first four-single year. Four of their singles reached number one on the Billboard Top 100, I Want You Back, ABC, this one, The Love You Save, and, of course, the iconic I'll Be There. That was on the Jackson's third album, so think about that. Between those two years, they released three albums. Now, the cover of that first album had Diana Ross presents the Jackson 5. Diana Ross didn't present the Jackson 5. Suzanne DePass, who was herself a very, very young woman, Suzanne DePass is the woman that discovered not only Michael Jackson but so many other of the Motown greats. She would later be the assistant to, uh, she was the assistant and assistant to Barry Gordy, would later run the company. She also ended up producing, um, you remember this, Lady Sings the Blues, Mahogany, and then uh, Lonesome Dove, which is still the highest rated uh, cowboy miniseries ever, Western miniseries. And it was uh, it was a very young Suzanne DePass that discovered Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5. I'm going to go through a few quick headlines here, and then we're going to get to your phones. Walmart is rolling out a half-priced Walmart Plus membership for people on government assistance. So if you qualify for government assistance, you may also now qualify for a Walmart membership that uh, gives you free uh, what is it, free deliveries and all sorts of other little perks there, they have decided they are going after the stressed consumers. They want them to sign up too. You heard Bob Brown talk about that crane disaster, and that is scary. The video of that crane on fire falling down, the debris falling down on the streets, people running, is it was a scary thing to see this morning. If you're on the subways, there's also more, sadly, an unhinged man randomly attacked two little girls, 1619, on a New York subway. They were aboard the southbound, it was either the B or the Q train, going near 7th Avenue in Park Slope. A man wearing a dark clothing pushed his shopping cart, he has a shopping cart on the subway, toward them without any provocation. He kicks both of these young ladies, six young girls, and nine in the head. They were on the train with their mother and a six-year-old brother. They were taken to Brooklyn Methodist Hospital. They're in stable condition. Nobody has seen the crazed attacker since. If you're out in Chino Valley, California, you may remember Chino Valley decided that they were going to allow parents to know when their kids were transitioning or wanted to transition. That has upset members of the far left. The school board president out there has now been threatened with bodily dismemberment. Her kids have been threatened. All of this by people claiming to be part, in some cases, of Antifa. And, of course, you're not going to hear anything about this on the mainstream press about domestic terrorists threatening this woman. 
There is a race going on to uh, salvage a sinking cargo ship. The ship is off the Dutch coast, 3,000 vehicles on fire. You know what caused it? Guess what caused it? There was an electric car on board. The electric car went up in flames, apparently. This is what's being reported. And this ship now is in danger of sinking. Bo Bergdahl, you remember him from the Obama administration. Well, federal judge yesterday overturned his desertion conviction. This is a guy who left his, he pled guilty. He left his post. He endured torture and imprisonment under the Taliban after going AWOL. But a federal judge has now overturned the conviction. And, of course, there are criticisms in this because President Trump had called him a traitor and suggested that he could have been executed for his behavior. Well, he's getting a pass. In Michigan, Saginaw Township, an abortion doctor has allegedly run over a pro-life protester. The doctor, an 87-year-old abortion provider, allegedly ran over Mark Zimmerman, who was protesting the abortion clinic, broke his leg. So far, the doctor, from what I've been reading, has not been apprehended. Let us quickly start with the telephones. We have so many calls that I want to get to as many as possible. Let's start on Long Island with Mike. Mike in Long Island, you're on WABC, James Gold, case, earliest rush hour. How are you, Mike? Hi, James. Yeah, about those airplane uh, bathrooms. Uh, yeah, that's a great thing. Uh, I consider myself a conservative myself, and, you know, that would be a great thing. But as a conservative, I realize it's going to cost us a lot. Well, it's going to cost us for our tickets when they take two or three rows of seats out. Those, uh, those remaining seats, just divide up the difference in them, and we'll be paying for it. If you're willing to pay for it, fine. I would be willing to pay a little extra. I don't know. How about you, especially as a big guy? Well, thank you. Yeah, you know what? I think that even small guys would appreciate a little bit more room on some of these airline bathrooms. And i got to tell you, one of the things that has been, uh, I think many people would complain, big or not, is the way that the cattle car mentality of some of these airlines, especially if you get stuck in what they now call the main cabin, they ought to call it the torture cabin because you can't do anything in those seats. I remember the last time I got stuck flying in one of those seats trying to open up a laptop to do some work, there's no room. can't even open up a laptop. If somebody jams their seat back, it's your knees and it's everything else. The way that people have been herded into these airline seats has been a disgrace. I'm not a proponent of regulation, but, yeah, you know what? This one, to me, does kind of make sense. I appreciate that. Let us go to Mary in New Jersey. Mary, how are you? Welcome. You're on WABC. Hi, Mr. Golden. I just wanted to thank you for the lovely things that you said about Sinead O'Connor. And I want to um, I want to add that she should be remembered for the beautiful and impassioned singing she did of Irish rebel songs in both in both English and the Irish language, and she she did the definitive the foggy dew, 
with the along with the chieftains. So well, you know something. You she she thank you very much. She I don't care where you come down politically with her. It's where you come down politically with her. But I don't think there's any question that she was an immensely gifted artist. And she wrote, and, and you know one thing about artists that are passionate about their, their work and passionate about who they are? She walked her own path. And she didn't let anybody determine who was going to walk her path for her for commercial success. She did her thing. And she did it well as an artist. So... I think those are some of the kindest words anybody can say about an artist, an artist that stays true to their own vision. And I don't think there's any question that that's what Miss O'Connor did with her life and with her artistry. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, we are coming back. We have more on the other side, more of your phone calls. If we have time, we'll stick in some more news stories. We've got plenty. We'll also talk about the Hunter Biden. We've got many of you who want to respond to what's going on with the Hunter case today. We'll get to those calls, too. 800-848-WABC. Peter Gabriel, Sledgehammer, today, 1986, goes to number one on the U.S. singles chart. Sledgehammer. You know, Genesis was amazing. And you look at the artist that came out of Genesis, Cooney Pity Gabriel. Yeah, baby. The WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back right after this. Hour with Bo Snerdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. Rush. Now here's Bo Snerdly. Sonny. Yesterday my life was filled with rain. Bobby Ebb, born this day on 1941. Sonny, you smiled at me and really eased the pain. I always thought this was a love song. And the bright days are here. I remember when this song came out, 1966. What I didn't know until today is the song was written about Bobby Hebb's brother, who had been killed by a mugger back in 1963. It was considered a Phil song on an album, on his album, until it was released as a single. And this song just blew up all across the United States. I have memories of this song. I was in Alabama when this song, was, as a kid, just visiting grandparents when this song came out. I remember my older cousin, Linda, played it, and it was like, wow, this is really nice. It's amazing the things you remember when music hits you, right? Yeah. All right, there is uh, the equivalent of a big pile of excrement that has been printed in the Washington Post today. It prints out to 14 pages. Here is the headline written by... I don't believe I see an MD or a doctor next to any of these so-called reporters' names, Lena's son, Lauren Weber, or Hayden Godfrey. Doctors who put lives at risk with COVID misinformation rarely punished. And what are they ragging about? They start this way. A Wisconsin doctor in 2021 prescribed ivermectin, typical use to treat parasitic infections, to two COVID patients who later died. He was fined less than later $4,000. He's free to continue practicing. 
There are many stories that you could place in here about people who were treated with ivermectin that had success with it. Again, I'm not a doctor, but I do know this. They go on to cite another Massachusetts doctor who's continuing to practice after allegations of disseminating misinformation, quote, unquote, prescribing unapproved COVID treatments, including ivermectin. They talked about another one who, uh, another doctor who, quote, unquote, puts lives in jeopardy because this doctor prescribed hydroxychloroquine and other things, which hydroxychloroquine saved my behind when I had COVID. Okay. Like I said, this is, you talk about journalism, their slogan at the Washington Post, democracy dies in darkness. Journalism died in broad daylight over there. This is a further attempt to institute censorship over those who won't go with the COVID, with the COVID narrative that liberals, and that's who's behind it, have put in place in this country. This isn't about medicine. This is about politics. And this 14-page article is the equivalent of a pile of dung. Back to the telephones. Patricia in Brooklyn. You're on WABC, James Golden. Snurdly, how are you? Thank you so much. Yesterday was the final celebration of life of beautiful Elise Finch. Today we talk about this uh, amoeba, Hunter Biden. I think it's pathetic how far our society has fallen. I mean, the divide between the accomplished and human wreckage is vast. She was of hope, and this guy is like of darkness. I don't know. I'm amazed at the loss of values that exist. I don't know what else to say. You have said a mouthful, and it's and it's well heard. And I like this contrast that you drew, because this is incredible. And I guarantee you, at least I think, I can't guarantee, but I think very much if half of the country that knows what happened at these congressional hearings last week, I, these congressional hearings did have impact, because there are a lot more people that understand the gravity of the corruption that is within the Biden household. Let's go to Adam in Mineola. Adam, how are you? Doing, sir. Uh, Good. What's up, Adam? What do you, why does everybody think the Hunter Biden situation is more important than trying to overthrow the government, sir? Fake electors and all that. A crackhead with misdemeanors, more than 71 felonies and counting. Could you explain why that's more important than President Trump's crimes? Well, when you started talking about people that overthrew the government, I thought you were talking about Democrats when they tried to overthrow the government with the phony Russian collusion hoax. I think that's, I thought that's what you were talking about. I don't, ah, what what else are you talking about? Oh, January 6th wasn't an attempt to overthrow. Look, January 6th was a few people committing vandalism and they should be punished for the vandalism. And beyond that, nothing more. This was the people's house that they went into. I don't countenance anybody that acted badly. They should be punished. But this was not an attempt by some large group of terrorists to overthrow the government. That's just a Democrat Party narrative. And why is Hunter Biden more important? Because the level of corruption involved with foreign actors paying the then vice president, who's now president, and we don't know what the decisions coming out of the White House, whether they're supposed to represent America or to pay off, these countries, that's why. 
because it is more important. Adam, sorry you don't think so, but I appreciate your call, as always, and the way that you do your pithy questions. But when you said a coup trying to overthrow the government, my goodness, I thought you were talking about the Russian collusion coup, because that's all that was. It was an attempt to overthrow a duly elected president. Thanks for the call. Donna in New Jersey. You're on WABC. How are you? Yeah, hi. I'm fine, and I love your show, and I'm glad that you call it the Rush Hour. Thank you. Um, I just want to say, why are they prosecuting this guy, Hunter Biden, with all this taxpayer money when Joe leaves office? He's just going to pardon him. Well, here's the thing. Joe may not be in a position to pardon anybody. Uh, he may, and and you, you're right, he may, but th- th- it is important that what has happened here with Hunter Biden, with these foreign donations, which now total in the neighborhood of $20 million, mm. it's important that the public become aware of what they're doing. And by the way, the money that's being spent to investigate Hunter Biden is in a pale comparison to the money that Jack Smith has already spent, over $25 million, trying to go after Donald Trump. So, you know, I understand your question, but it is important to get what the Bidens have done on the record, one way or another. Ernest in Florida, thank you for waiting. How are you, Ernest? I'm doing fine, James. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I happen to agree with you uh, in the in the manner in which you're looking at the, the verdict uh, or lack of. Uh, we can't get too excited uh, because the, um, the on the Biden side they they withdrew, and the prosecution to essentially say that um, that um, you know we're not going to accept uh, uh, coming into court and uh, we can't prosecute later. So again, oops, your line went out. I wish we could have heard the rest of your thought. Thank you, Ernest. Yeah, again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not gonna, gonna do cartwheels over this today. This is a temporary, it is a stopgap ruling, this is a stopgap plea. But we can at least feel a little bit optimistic that sweetheart deal that was intended to be signed, sealed, and delivered as of this afternoon is still dangling out there. It's not, it has not been committed to. That is something that's a little hopeful. However, the rest of it, I don't know. You know, the rest of it is just a matter of opinion. Well, my friends, that's it for today's Bosnia's Rush Hour here on WABC. May God bless, protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved ones. Always love and gratitude for you being here and for me being here. God willing, back tomorrow, 4 p.m. And we shall see you if and when that happens. Bye.